on this episode of the Venus Cuckoldress Podcast. Humiliation and sexual denial, two aspects of a loving, cuckolding relationship that are widely misunderstood. My friends, S&D are here to explain, why would anyone want to be sexually denied? Why would anybody want to receive humiliation? Isn't that mean? Isn't a cuck degraded or disrespected or someone to be pitied if he doesn't have sex with his wife? It's that moment where it clicks. Like she's she's getting what she wants, and there's a, the other side of it. What fulfills me, and I'm getting what I'm getting. What makes me feel good in that space as well. And it just took a, just took a minute for us to figure out how to communicate it to each other. S said the thing that I liked about that was seeing you with other people, and I was like, well, guess what? I liked being with other people. So it sort of evolved from there. And then, you know, there was a discussion of of denial. There was a discussion of, hey, let's go to a sex shop and look for cages. Let's talk about cuckolding. There's no time that the two of us feel closer physically than in the times that I'm fucking someone else. It's true. That is the that is the purest, like most distilled form of our sexuality, and it has been for so long. (laughs) I think denial is a lot is like a a form of psychological edging. I've told her many times, and this is just so true. It's so hot because nobody else could give this to me. These things that I'm saying that feel kind of on the on the surface to be hurtful that if I'm saying them the right way, that they're really loving and that they're really giving him what he needs. How do I approach this? The the truth of the matter is you approach it from, like, what is it? If vulnerability turns you on, tell them that and mean it. And we can be having a totally banal kind of, like, work week, kids stuff, school, all the things that, like, interrupt anybody's normal flow of their sex life. And then just one day, uh, you know, one minute in that, of a day, out of the blue, she'll be like, ah. she'll just say something. I don't even know. She'll just be like, ah, get your tiny cock over here and do this thing. Right? And I'll be like, yes. That's like, <laughs> it, that, that will change your, it's like getting flowers. It's like it changes your whole, your whole day. Welcome to the Venus Cuckoldress Podcast, a place to learn all things cuckolding for the curious the passionate, and the sexually empowered woman who wants it all. Make sure you go to venuscuckoldress.com to subscribe to the podcast and check out the Venus blog. And of course, if you love it, share it. Now, sit back, make yourself comfortable, and enjoy the show with your host, Venus. the Venus Cuckoldress Podcast. I am your host, Venus. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. Before I get into it, I just want to make a big announcement. This is huge for me. Anyway, 
<laughs> so I'm really, really fucking excited about it because it has been needed for so long. Okay. So as of now, there is finally a matchmaking service for people, single men and women who want a loving, cuckolding relationship. Up until now, there has been absolutely fucking nothing. It's called Venus Connections, and you can learn more at venusconnections.com. And honestly, this project grew out of pure fucking frustration because myself and many other people have been saying for so long now there just has to be a better way. Women have been dealing with fucking creeps and ghosters online. Like it's just, it's awful. You really don't want to put yourself through that. You just don't. And men have had to deal with all sorts of shit as well, like fake women or gold diggers or fin doms or whatever, women who are just not genuine. So it's been a frustrating experience for all people involved. And of course, there's like with dating in the cuckolding lifestyle, there's some very unique kind of challenges and obstacles like privacy and discretion and safety and all of that sort of stuff. So Venus Connections was born out of all of those concerns and to address all of those things. So it is a private, totally private matchmaking service. So any information that you provide to Venus Connections is only available to this matchmaking staff. And that's it. Like not even to other members or anything like that. Like it's completely fucking private. So if you are single and you think this might be the right thing for you, just go to venusconnections.com. You can learn more uh, on that website. There's lots of information for you there. Any single ladies who are listening who think you would like to have a matchmaking service work for you so you don't have to do any of that shit, please email me at venus at venuscuckoldress.com. And I'll give you a special coupon code for you. That's for the ladies. Any couples who are listening, it'd be great if you could spread the word to others in the lifestyle, whether they're single men or single women, it would be really fantastic if you just direct them to venusconnections.com. Okay, moving on. Let's get to today's subject. I'm excited about this as well, because this is obviously a common part of cuckolding, sexual denial and humiliation, but a lot is not understood about that. So many people might kind of like balk at the idea of implementing sexual denial, like why the fuck and why would I want that? Or humiliation, women just not comfortable with it, men not comfortable with receiving it or not sure or whatever. So A lot of the time, you just don't really understand what it's all about. So this couple who I have that's going to be talking about this, they talk about it in such a lovely, eloquent kind of way. And it's a very unique opportunity for all of you listening to have a better understanding of what it's all about within the context of a loving, cuckolding relationship. So here we go. Let's get started. (music) 
Joining me on today's show is my friends, S and D. I have been waiting to interview this couple for, I feel, it feels like 14 years, but really it's <laughs> only been about a year and a half. <laughs> but ever since I started this podcast, I have been dying to get this couple on the show. And I'm really excited to interview them because they're beautifully articulate and reflective and thoughtful in this lifestyle. So I'm really excited for this conversation today to talk about humiliation and sexual denial within these lovely relationship dynamics called cuckolding. So I would like to welcome S and D to the show. Say hello to all the listeners. Hello and thank you. I feel like we have nowhere to go but like disappointment and down after that very lovely introduction. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, I'm really excited for this. This is going to be a great show. I think that you guys are going to be able to give a lot of insight into these two aspects that I really haven't done a deep dive with on this episode yet, but everybody's been dying for this episode. So I'm going to start out with you, Dee, and I would love to get into humiliation with you mostly because I know already your thoughts on this. You wrote a wonderful blog post for venuscuckoldress.com about humiliation, and it was just absolutely beautiful. There was like a few kind of light bulb moments for me during that, so I can't wait to talk to you about humiliation. Um, before I get into kind of like how it came up in your relationship. Um, how long have you guys been married so far? Yep. So we have been married for 20 plus years. Okay. And we were, um, we go way back prior to our, prior to getting married. So, wow. Okay. Yeah, we've been <laughs> I knew it had for... been a long time, yeah. but I wasn't exactly sure like yeah. how long. <laughs> yeah. Is it, it's like 28 years or something, but married 20. That just years. makes us sound really old. Yeah. We're so, as old as that yeah. <laughs> Suffice it to say, we dated for several years before we got married, and I was a child bride. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I figured. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you guys have been at this for a long time. I'm assuming your relationship has evolved quite a bit um, since the beginning. And I want to ask you, Dee, exactly what is humiliation to you? Like for you and your relationship, how would you define that for you? Gosh, I, I think... Um, you know, I think honestly, to to get where we are today really has taken almost the full, you know, nearly thirty year journey um, to get where we are, and it's the kind of thing that I feel like every you know five years or so we went through sort of a relationship metamorphosis, and one of uh, the most recent metamorphoses that we went through as a couple was sort of getting to a place where our relationship would be defined as um, a cuckold and cuckold dress and where I started to get more comfortable with the idea of humiliation. I think um, it's, it's, it's something that is kind of hard to wrap your brain around and it's like so 
antithetical to, um, you know, sort of like the male ego in general. And, you know, sort of, it definitely took a lot of coaxing on the part of my partner to, um, you know, really come to a place where I trusted him that this was what he wanted and that I felt comfortable um, with the fact that this is something that, um, you know, he wanted and that it was not not something that was cruel, but something that was loving. And yeah. that I think that was like the hardest thing for me to understand. Um, and, and again, just sort of come to um, acknowledging that like, me insulting his penis size isn't mean, isn't, you know, that, that if it's done in the right way, that it, it's a loving gesture and that it, it's an acknowledgement for him that I see him and I'm meeting him where he wants to be seen and met in our yeah. dynamic. Yeah, I think a, a lot of women struggle with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's so like, I mean, it just, it, at first it feels mean. It feels, you know, pejorative. It feels like you're being insulting. And I knew it would be, um, it, it was something that it was difficult for S to convince me that that's what he wanted. But, um, I I still feel like I'm evolving on that journey and and I I still need a little encouragement but it's I, I feel like I'm Oh you're you're better. The thing that connected the dots kind of for us and I did not to jump in too much on this part but um was sort of the acknowledgement that what she was saying was true. It wasn't it's not an act. The the that the dialogue that's between us that is the backbone of of the way she humiliates me and the humiliation in our, the erotic humiliation in our relationship is true. Like the things she says are true. And I think that, and that was the connection that we, like the, the moment for both of us was like, well, just say what you think, you know, why you know what you like about the men that you're with and you know why you prefer to have sex with them than you do with me. Like why you don't have sex with me. Uh, so let's just explore that together because we're living, we're living that truth, whether we're saying those things right. or not. And so once we got to where we could communicate that way, it all kind of, it all came together for us. And what it's that moment where it clicks, like she's, she's getting what she wants and there's a, the other side of it. What fulfills me and I'm getting what I'm getting, what makes me feel good in that space as well. And it just took, it just took a minute for us to figure out how to communicate it to each other. Just a minute. I but I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, just 28 <laughs> just, years of <yeah>. minutes. <laughs> so how did it actually come up? Like there was a, was it just like a conversation that you guys had where you were like, okay, I'm actually really into this. Like, will you do this for me? Or yeah. was it kind of like a gradual thing? Yeah, no, it was definitely a gradual thing. And it was sort of like a... A series of revelations, I guess, is how I would sort of characterize it. Like, you know, we had we had done swinging very, you know, early in our relationship and gone down that rabbit hole and, you know, eventually sort of walked away from that. But as we were reflecting on what we liked about it, um, during a time that we weren't 
actually doing it. it we had, you know, sort of an, an honest conversation and said, you know, S said, the thing that I liked about that was seeing you with other people. And I was like, well, guess what? I liked being with other people. So it's sort <laughs> of, right? Yeah. So it was like, oh, <laughs> sweet. Um, so it sort of evolved from there. And then, you know, there was a discussion of, of denial. There was a discussion of, hey, let's go to a sex shop and look for cages. Let's talk about cuckolding, you know. So um, it's it's definitely not, you know, again, it's that it's that 28 years worth of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I with I, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are totally new to this. This is a, a new concept. They haven't really explored this very much at all. Or it's a lot of um, people who've just kind of heard about it for the very first time and are really don't have a, a, an idea of what exactly humiliation is. And I will say that humiliation is I mean, it's across the spectrum. It mm -hmm. can be, you know, a million different ways and it's entirely different for each, um, each relationship. And, but it is kind of like a hallmark part of, of cuckolding in that, like, there is that little bit of a tease that happens and like, it can be so subtle or it can be overt, uh, but every single one is unique. But there's probably a lot of women who are listening right now who are like, okay, my husband brought this up to me and I have no fucking idea. <laughs> what, this what is this shit? Like, I do not, I don't feel comfortable. Is it mean? It feels demeaning. I don't feel authentic. Like I feel awkward. I know yeah. it was like that for me. Like yeah. <laughs> when, when I, I remember my first cuck boyfriend and he was like, uh, first of all, he said, I want you to make me wait for sex. And I was just like, what? And then, <laughs> what? And then I was like, I don't really understand that, but it sounds hot. And, you know, and then, um, like he was, he was saying, I really want you to find guys with bigger dicks than me. And I was like, man, you're so big as it is. And I'm not joking. Like he was like above average. And I was like, but you know, this sounds like a really fun task. Like I'll take this on. You're <laughs> but, a scientist. You're a scientist. Yeah. You're just so, doing field research. I was going to say, so what you're saying is like making both of us smile because that was sort of the joke the whole time that we were swinging was like, I'm, I'm a scientist and my like, my scientific experiment is finding someone who's bigger than S. And at the time, it seemed like like it didn't seem like it was going to be that hard. But the whole time we were swinging, I don't think it ever happened. And so, again, just, you know, the whole notion of size and... Yeah. Um, Hey, did you know that there's a one-of-a-kind matchmaking service for cuckolding and female-led relationships? Venus Connections is a private service for single men and single women who want a loving cuckolding relationship. And now there's a new separate FLR program too. There's no scrolling through profiles or sharing photos with members. It's totally private. And the dates are blind dates too. Included in the program is a three-week course and an interview with me. So join now at venusconnections.com and use the code 
top tier 2024 for 40% off the top 1% membership. That's venusconnections.com. Make 2024 the year that you get the relationship of your dreams. That was part of it though, is when you were, I, when we were swinging, it never occurred to me. It, it just never, we didn't have that conversation until well after like what you were, like what it was that you wanted. So some of that kind of broke late for us as we put this all together. A lot of the conversations start with things like, well, what is it about other guys? Because right. yeah. I, I'm, I'm that cuckold who's turned on by everybody you've ever fucked. I want to hear about every yes. boyfriend, <laughs> like, you know, all of that is exciting to me. And so as we would have those conversations, that's when we kind of peeled that onion and it was like, oh, you were looking for someone bigger. What does that mean about what you think about me? And she's like, that you're not fucking big, you're not big <laughs> enough. You know? And then once you, again, once you have that conversation, you figure yeah. out, it's like, I, I imagine like an old school, like telephone board, like they're pulling out the plugs and connecting people and you just like connect the right set of plugs. You're like, oh, now you're talking to somebody. And that was kind of how it was for us. We went through like all those things. But I think, I think initially it wasn't, you're not big enough for me. It was, well, I don't know. I've never had anyone bigger. So I don't know (laughs) who can say, let me just see what else is out there. And yeah, until we, like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, until we were very specific about what we were looking for, I did not find it. But now it is, you know, I, I have, I have infinite, <laughs> <laughs> infinite choices. <laughs> so for all of those women who are thinking, you know, okay, I think I understand it now. Um, I think I I know you'll agree with me on this one, Dee, in that exactly what you were saying, it is changing the way you think about humiliation from something that is negative and mean into something that is loving. And you wrote something so beautiful about this before, which, like I said, was like a light bulb moment for me when you talked about how fulfilling your partner's sexual needs is something you feel good about when you're in a loving relationship. And you you do that for each other. You just want to do that for each other. And denying them their sexual needs, uh, what they really need in, in order to feel happy and fulfilled sexually, it would be something that is mean, right? I mean, I just love how you explained that. And <laughs> I'm sure you can explain it a little bit better than that. But like it was, and I hope that that in itself will help a lot of women understand like, okay, now I get it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely took lots of conversation. Uh, you know, I think, I think you can't be in this kind of relationship unless you have a very strong relationship. You know, this mm-hmm. is not for like, oh, hey, we just met on Tinder and let's see how this works out. Like you need to be able to share your innermost thoughts thoughts and, you know, all the things that you would not tell anybody else, um, you know, and it's, it is kind of understanding what drives him is different than what drives me. And that so much of his sort of sexual excitement ends up being a mental game. Yeah. Um, and that it's tied into excitement and 
and fear and, and anxiety and jealousy and all of those things that, that wouldn't work and wouldn't lead to a sustainable outcome if not for the fact that we have, you know, a crazy strong relationship that we've kind of like grown up together, that he's my best friend, that, you know, all of, um, you know, that, that, that he trusts me to be totally open and he, you know, is always pushing me. Um, it, it's kind of ironic. He, he will always tell me, oh, you were like so hot last night. You were like, you were going, the things that you said drove me crazy. And those will inevitably be the times that I've had a little too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I still sort of have those like innate in, you know, those, those barriers, that self-consciousness, that, mm-hmm. you know, fear of hurting the person that you love, but you kind of just have to, again, so much of, of what we do is all about trust and you sort of just have to believe the things that, you know, the conversations that you've had before. And, and you know, he, he, he tells me all the time that he want, he loves that he's small because and he loves that his cage makes him smaller because that encourages me to go out and explore and discover and find more of what's out there and um you know experience things that I maybe would never have been tempted to find if you know he was more well endowed I I would say I I feel like we're both very sexual um obviously but you know, a little, a little grown up, growing up a little repressed and, you know, it just, it took a lot to kind of get over the notion of like, well, this is wrong. And this is not, you know, this is, this is so unkind and all of those things. And, you know, to really, for me, especially to really sort of understand that these things that I'm saying that feel kind of on the, on the surface to be hurtful, that if I'm saying them the right way, that they're really loving and that they're really giving him what he needs. Well, when you're absolutely when you're in those moments, you turn if you're turned on by trust and feeling like your partner loves you and sees you in a certain way and is willing. Like, you know, everybody. I think you read people like you see porn and you read what people write about cuckolding and stuff. And you get the sense that one person's abused in this relationship or that it's all, this feel, this sounds bad. And it is always all about, about D it, that's ultimately what that's the, that's what I like about all the dynamic. But at the same time, there are two people right? and there's, we have talked to couples who are frustrated and it's because I think sometimes and you just said this better than I'm going to say it, but that they're trying to, they're trying to get the same thing out of it. Like they, you know, they, they expect that, that the outcome is the same for both of them. They both want the exact same thing. And what they, the, it's kind of true. The place for that Venn diagram and what they both want, where it overlaps is the relationship where they feel trusting and loving and connected. They want that. But sometimes you hear, well, I want you to like all the same things I like right. for the exact same thing, reasons that I like them. And yes. I, I don't want to speak for everybody or like, and if that's the way it clicks for people, then fantastic. That wasn't what it was for us. It was more a recognition that there's an overlap between it, and there's yeah. We had to find we had to find what each other liked to make the like to make and, it work for both of us. Yes, and it, and that the satisfaction reveals itself in different ways, 
and that for me, it's the, it, it ends up being very physical, very in the moment, very, you know, I mean, I am fucking someone who has a big cock, right? And for S, it's very mental. It's very, um, you know, it's just, it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. So uh, going back to uh, women feeling really uncomfortable about this, it's about trust. It's about communication. It's about, you said, tell being honest and telling the truth. And I think that is key. So getting over this idea that it's something that's mean or whatever, but, um, and I'm sure there's going to be women out there who just like never, never can get there. They just like, no, uh, it's just not for me. I can't do it. Good for them for trying. Let me just say, good for them for trying. (laughs) But I mean, I will say it takes time. This is not something you master overnight. Like it took me like a good three years to feel comfortable with humiliation from going from like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but it sounds kind of interesting to, all right, I'm good. But um, what would you say are some good strategies for women to sort of learn to love it? So uh, the first strategy that comes to mind does not sound like a healthy strategy, (laughs) but anything that can help you loosen up if if perhaps you were, you know, raised with a lot of Catholic guilt, anything that can just help you overcome that and help you relax. So a nice glass of wine, uh, repetition, you know, just just putting yourself in it in a frame of mind to just not be quite so self-conscious. Yeah, I think I think is important. And again, you know, I we've we have been at this for a bit and uh, it's a journey. It's not a, it's not like a A to B, B to C, you know, it's, it is definitely a little bit of, of a dance. And I think there are times when, you know, we're doing a better job of it. And there are times when we're not doing as good of a job of it. And, you know, the reality is that we both have challenging jobs. We have children. We're in the middle of a freaking global pandemic you know there's just there's a lot that's happening in the world and you know we we have to just stop and acknowledge like you know like like anything with a relationship there are things there are t- you've got good times and then you've got better times right and yeah. so um you know it's it's definitely one of those things i will say i tend to be a little bit of a workaholic a little bit of a stress junkie and s is excellent at reminding me like, hey, do you realize how long it's been? You need a big giant cock. (laughs) (laughs) And he knows that that will instantly make me a better partner. (laughs) Oh my God. I love cuckolding relationships. (laughs) For how much I love cuckolding relationships. (laughs) You could just say something like that and it just, you know, everyone light up. Yay. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes he tells me I need to work out or I need to go to yoga. Sometimes he's like, you know what? You just need to get fucked. (laughs) Knowing for sure that that's never going to be me doing it. I, I, the thing I would say to guys is don't force your don't. I mean, I think I think I've said this before. I may have said it to more, before to you in the interview with you and Michael, but you can't start at the end. Like 
women and men this like obviously ramp up sexually quite differently men tend to be like time to get off now and women are like great like talk let's get me there kind right. of thing and that's not different i don't think in cuckolding relationships or any of the relationships in fact our relationship isn't different than i think anyone else's the way we the way we have sex is different but that we that's still how we that's how we connect sexually and so i think it's important and again occasionally like somebody will reach out and ask a question and i'm always it, usually it's the guy trying to ask me something and i always think the same thing it's like well you're trying to make you're trying to make something happen before it happens like everybody warms up to the ideas and they need to understand they need to trust that you mean what you say and you're not just horny in the moment <laughs> and they're going to say or do something that feels damaging and so it takes a lot of a, a cuckold's job i mean in good cuckolding relationships they're just a great partner they want to be a great partner and support them and, and support their partner any way they can and so i think the like maybe the flip side to that is to remind the guys who are interested in this like you can't force your fantasy on someone you can let them know what it is and your good partner your cuckoldress that person you want to be your cuckoldress will will be the good partner and they'll i bet when you started dating you had things that you liked whether it was the kind of movies you wanted to watch where you wanted to eat then you compromised and you learned from each other and you, like, what made each other happy and this isn't any different just because the guy is excited and wants to get off right now or not get off right now or whatever the case may be. They want to be satisfied in the way it's going you know, they want to be satisfied. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think S makes a really good point. I feel like people reach out all the time and they're like, how can I get my wife or my girlfriend into this? And it's yeah. just like, well, trust me, I get it all the time. Yeah. I bet. yeah. You can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a little, you've got to have some sort of opening. Like this is not just out of the blue while you're like watching the evening news. Like yeah. you have to have a, yeah. humiliation, have a especially foundation. like this is, yeah, humiliation, it, it takes time and reassurance. Like, and I will say one of the things that what made it easier for me to, really get into it was seeing the reaction of the things I said to my cuck was seeing his reaction to that and how immediately like there was no hiding it like immediately mm -hmm. he was like so like turned on like yeah. how only a cuck can get turned on by you saying something like that <laughs> and and it's beautiful. Like I look at that, I'm just like, okay, so this really is not damaging at all. Like th this is the reassurance that I needed that, okay, he's getting incredibly turned on by this. This might actually be fun to play with. You know what I mean? And then you can like, you can like practice this like dirty talk and it's, it feels <laughs> awkward and weird and shit and like that. But eventually it is just telling the truth and <laughs> Yeah. Normal conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it's, it's not normal conversation unless you normalize it and you're probably not yeah. going to like start there. That's probably like yeah. an end point after totally. years and years and years of conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and we oh, can totally. be having a totally banal kind of like work week, kids stuff, school, all the things that like interrupt anybody's normal flow of their sex life. And then just one day, uh, you know, one minute in that of a day, out of the blue, she'll be like, oh. she'll just say something. I don't even know. She'll just be like, oh, get your tiny cock over here and do this thing. I, you know, shut, you know. And I'll be like, yes. That's like, <laughs> it, that, that will change your, it's like getting flowers. It's like it changes your whole, your whole day. And it's, 
this is the part I think that was hard for D and hard for, I guess a lot of people, I mean, for understandable reasons, hard to understand. But it's like, that's when someone's like, I get what motivates you and I get what excites you. And it's the same as me saying, you need to get fucked. You need a huge dick. Call X, well, you know, like, and it makes you feel seen, right? Yeah. You feel acknowledged. You feel like I'm paying attention. You feel like, oh, she wants to give me what I need. Exactly. It is like flowers. It is. <laughs> yeah. Just tell them that their penis is tiny. They're, they're it's like cuck flowers. Cuck flowers. <laughs> <Yeah>. flowers. <laughs> we used to joke that like bringing home beer was boy flowers. So yeah. it's just like the evolution, like so many things in our relationship. <laughs> well, you'd be oh, out. You'd be out and come home after having cheated on me, like fuck somebody and be like, I brought you beer. <laughs> I brought I you like, boy flowers. It's like tight. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Who knew what oh that God. metaphor or, or that analogy, it's not a metaphor, what that analogy would, would flow into. But. Hashtag real love. All right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to shift conversations over to you as uh, I really want to talk about sexual denial. And the reason why I want to talk to you about this is because I happen to know that this is a big part of your relationship dynamic. And this is also like. You're nodding too affirmatively, by the way. She's just like, fuck yeah, it is. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Just like, just like humiliation. I think, uh, Sexual denial is kind of like another hallmark of a cuckolding uh, relationship. And like I said before, uh, every relationship is unique. It could be like pretty much minuscule amount of sexual denial to mm-hmm. like not even noticeable to like you, you're definitely not having PIV sex anymore, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so each relationship totally different and each relationship kind of evolves along that spectrum at its own pace and I don't know ends up wherever it's going to end up so having said that I know that this like I said is a big part of your relationship and but a lot of people do not understand exactly what this is and that interview uh with Michael C where uh you talked about um your sex life, like how do you, I said, how do you explain your sex life to other people? And I just really want you to repeat that for me, please. I wish I remembered exactly <laughs> what I said, but if, if I was, if, if a vanilla person, you know, if you're like shooting the shit with the guys and you're, you know, that kind of thing, I, w- I have a robust sex life. I have an incredible sex life. My partner gets me. She, she wants me to be happy. She fulfills me and she works to do it. Um, I have incredible sex. And now that said, I'm 24-7 caged and I'm not allowed. I mean, I'm not even allowed to touch her vagina without permission. So, and that heightens everything about it. I mean, mm-hmm. if Christmas was every day, you would get tired <laughs> of Christmas. But if you wait for it, um, it's exciting and you want to unwrap your presents. So, I, I for me, it, it's the most fulfilling version of this life. And part of it, too, is that, and again, this is, this is tied to how we've kind of embrace radical honesty, especially, you know, about everything, but about our sex life as well. And our marriage as that. I, I can't, I can't fulfill her like that. Like the way she wants to be, she wants to feel a certain thing. And I could, you know, I, she wants to feel full and she wants to feel stretched and she wants to be challenged physically. And I can't do any of those things. And as a result, like I, it doesn't, it's hard for me to enjoy like walking her through bad sex with me. <laughs> I think that how I, it's like, 
anything else. Like if your partner's not enjoying it, why are you doing it? So let's do this other thing. And it didn't start as like, you know, you're cut off. It wasn't denial like that. It started, it petered off. It started as like, you know, we still had sex and we had like, you know, I'm laughing at the idea of of reclaiming her. (laughs) And it's just like, it wasn't long after that before she's like, you're not reclaiming me at all. Like that's not doing anything. And it ties in a lot of humiliation that was cyclical. It tied into that as well. It's like, she would say things while, you know, we were having like our, you know, our after sex sex. And she's like, I cannot feel you. This is like, stop. You know, this isn't, (laughs) this isn't not mean, you know, but just like, again, honest. So then it becomes, what can we do that makes everybody happy? And denial was the thing that did it. It wasn't long after that, that we went to caging and it started like, you know, you cage just when you're going to play or a couple days before or something like that to, She's like, I don't know why you would ever take that off. Like, what is the purpose of it? And then denial became sort of a quest for making me even smaller so that there was no question about the direction we were going. I think we're both, I think this is true. We're both kind of turned on by the idea that things become permanent, they become a feature of who you are. And, and that was, that was part of what caging did. And then, well, you reach a certain point and it's like, you're probably not going to go back. Like we talk about that all the time. Oh, yeah. Like if, if like, if one of us just like decided, Oh, you know what? I think I'm not really into this. Let's go back to like how things were. That's just not really an option for us. No. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I, I, in the, in your cucks angsty moments, you know, you ask that question just to hear the answer. No. Cause you're so hot to hear her say, if I told you <laughs> I wanted to stop doing this, she's like, I'd still fuck other guys. And it's, that might sound like, oh, the partner's not getting what they want. There's no consent in that. But that's all within the boundaries of what we enjoy. And so yeah. it's fun. It's the same way. Like, she'll be fucking somebody. I'll be in my cage watching. And she'll we'll, we'll chat a little bit. Sometimes, like, even the bull will want to, like, we'll start these conversations. And it's like, you ever going to fuck him again? And what do you say? Why would I? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Every, well, so, and we joke all the time that I we don't there's no time that the two of us feel closer physically than in the times that I'm fucking someone else. It's true. Like that is the, that is the purest, like most distilled form of our sexuality. And it has been for so long. (laughs) And I know you were part of the other conversation. Like, you know, I kind of, how this really got started. I, I was cheated on and loved it. Like finding out that it was, that it had really happened was like the most exciting thing. I, I knew when it happened that he wasn't going to be mad that it happened. He was going to be mad that I didn't tell him. Yeah. And that was exactly, yeah, exactly did. what it was. She gets me. So yeah, but anyway, I, I don't remember if that's exactly the way I described it last time, but that's the truth about denial. It makes you, makes me want her more. It makes me want to be a better partner. I'm actually often, strangely disappointed when I'm allowed to come because like you've built up so much and then it yeah it's the you always regret it I, I do there's like this I've heard it, this before so many yeah, times from yeah. guys and yet guys who have never experienced sexual denial or chastity they cannot wrap their mind around that yes the best and example I, and it's, it's, oh, I feel like that is another layer of complexity that I had to wrap my brain around I'm like I, we've been denying you this forever. And then I, I finally consent and let you have it. And you're like disappointed. And I'm just like, (laughs) what the fuck? It's like, (laughs) so I think denial is a lot, is like a a form of psychological edging. 
And, you know, when you've ed- anybody who like is into edge player done those kind of things, like physically, you know, like you get right to the edge and then you don't do it. You get right to the edge and you don't do it back and forth until it builds and it builds and it builds. And then even then, you know, like for the guys, like when you're finished masturbating, you're like, oh, I'm done with that. So what's on TV? Right. And that's not psychologically, sexually where I like to be. It's so much more exciting overall to be brought there and then it's told, no. Don't feel like it today. You know, I, I like the control that I lose. I like the I like I like the way that it makes her feel to have that power. I like seeing that in her. I like knowing that I can give that up and I can feel good about myself for the sort of that level of control. It's just there's again, it's all about the trust that you can build between each other. So I'd rather get right to the edge and have it taken away, or right to the edge and just stop and stay in a, a kind of a kind of psychological, a mental state that's highly aroused and excited then have that dopamine drop and be like, what's on TV? You know, anybody can do that. That makes perfect sense, the way you explained that. Do you find that some people who don't understand your relationship dynamic um, feel that you must be a husband who is like weak or disrespected or like sexually ignored or somebody to be like pitied, anything like that? Does the, Do you get that from people sometimes? Yes. And in the strangest place, um, because most, you know, none of our like, you know, day to day people, you know, friends, you know, are, have that much line of sight to our sexual relationship, but we go to parties and things and you'll go to like parties for, uh, I guess like, you know, like a swingers party where, or like a, like, like a stag and vixen kind of party and not to, and I, I, I don't want to gatekeep on this question or anything, whatever. I mean, but you go to those parties where the guys are like, oh yeah, I'm super virile and I fuck the shit out of my wife. I just like, just sometimes I like to stand around and watch bigger, stronger men fuck her. And they'll, I'll be there caged and they'll just, they'll just act like I'm in a, like I'm an animal in a zoo sort of <laughs> like, so why do you do this? Like, oh, oh, so you can't fuck her. I can. She doesn't want me to. And as a result of that, I don't want to force my partner to do things that they don't enjoy. It doesn't turn me on, I guess. But yeah, so you get a lot of, I, I find it, and again, not to talk badly about, and it's not all people, like lots of people you meet are just very accepting in that context and it's fine. But mm-hmm. every experience I've had like that has kind of come up, and again, it's probably where we choose to expose that part of our life that, it, that this correlates, but it's oftentimes at those kind of parties where the men just don't seem to kind of understand I mean, if that, if that's how they see me, great. I don't, I don't think, and I don't think D thinks of me as weak or, you know, no, any of those kind of I, things. I think part of the challenge that we run into in a party like that is people are like role playing. They're like trying something out and it's not necessarily like a part of their relationship. So right. it's, it's just a different experience. What's well, a part of their relationship, but it's not their marriage. Like we, right. Like we've literally had conversations that said, this is how we've decided to be married. Like this is like, we've just, you know, anybody's sex life, you know, they has their ups and their downs and you do the things that you do and blah, blah, blah. You like with the lights on and the lights off, you'll do it in public or you won't or whatever. Take right. your socks off. <laughs> take, yeah. Sorry. PSA. Quick, quick PSA. <laughs> there. Always take your socks off. Uh, but I, it, for us, like we, it is like, it is, you're totally right. It's not role playing. We, we've gone out of our way in our communication about our relationship to make it clear that it is not role play. It's where if it was just playing, I guess it feels maybe just to me, but it feels like 
that's doesn't access the honesty that we're excited by. Well, and it's mm-hmm. like something again, I think if it was role play, it was something we could like start and stop, take it or leave it. And I just don't think that's who we are. Yeah. We've taken it and there's not any leaving it at yeah. this point, but it certainly, I, I'm, I'm certain this is true for both of us. If it was, if it, if we couldn't make it real and a baseline of who we are, it wouldn't feel authentic to us. It doesn't mean it can't be for other people. And again, I'm not trying to denigrate how anyone chooses to live their sexual truth or whatever. But for us, if it was just play it, it, that's all it was. It's all it is. You know, I I can go and play a round of golf, not that I golf, but for example, (laughs) and when I'm done, I'm not a golfer, right? I just went and played golf. This is who we are. We've chosen to live our life in a certain way because those things make us feel close and happy and in love and more connected. closer, more connected, more in love than we've, we've ever felt like we were. So at that point, it's sort of just, fuck it. We'll do what we like. And if you don't understand why, then cool, but it works for us. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part of it. I'm so glad that you said that the part about feeling closer and connected and more in love with this kind of relationship. Um, it doesn't really matter what part of the spectrum you're on with the sexual denial and humiliation. It's whatever works for you. And I think your relationship is absolutely beautiful. Like uh, you guys clearly have embraced this lifestyle and are enjoying that kind of, um, reward of being so close and connected and understood and seen and trusted and, um, you, you know, your communication and everything is probably better than it ever was. And like all of these things, and you've been together for so long, you know, each other so well in every single way. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. Like if you get, once you get to that point, if you can tell each other these things and, and mean it, kind of live that together. You can do anything. Yeah. Like, you know. Right? Yes. <laughs> nothing is off limits. <laughs> there's yeah, there's not a lot the of good, bu- bad and the ugly. Nothing is off limits. There's not a lot of bu- there's not a lot of bullshit left yeah. in our relationship. We'll just tell you. We'll just- it also helps that I'm married to my best friend, right? Yeah. It's like it, there's Oh yeah. Of, you know, yeah, exactly. We're, we're yeah. And I was just going to say for the husbands out there who are scared to bring this up to their wife, just be vulnerable. Ex- Expose yourself. I mean, that's all you can do. And, you know, if if you work on your relationship and if you work on that partnership, that trust, that communication, I I would hope that she would be at least curious. And I think that's the key for women out there yeah. who are listening. Just be curious. Keep an open mind to at least learning. You don't necessarily have to do it, all of these things, but just be curious, have a curious mind. That's exactly what it was when the beginning, when I, he said to me, I want you to make me wait. And I was like, I don't really know what that is. But it sounds interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and, and curious, but also patient, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not something that just, just is, I mean, you know, again, for me, it's taken a while. Like we didn't start out here. It's taken a while. So yeah, be patient. Yes, absolutely. Be patient. Don't force your wife into doing stuff that she doesn't want to do and take the time that she needs to be able to feel comfortable to try something. I think you said the most important thing is like frame, frame, whatever it is for the guy you're talking to your wife, frame it as frame it around the thing that excites you the most. Like for me, it's about truth and vulnerability. And so I, 
I've told her many times, and this is just so true. It's so hot because nobody else could give this to me. Like, oh, I, yeah. nobody else, literally nobody else in the world could do it. Like, could you pay some cuckoldress <laughs> or could you pay a dom or could you just, you know, whatever. But we're yeah. talking about 30 years of relationship yeah. and being able to like reach into me and find the thing that hurts just enough to be exciting and is true and is real and that she knows will turn me on. Like nobody else could do that. And just be honest, if you're a guy listening and you're trying to figure out like, what, how do I approach this? The, the truth of the matter is you approach it from like, what is it? If vulnerability turns you on, tell them that and mean it. It's like, yeah. I, I need, again, I, I, one of the things I think unlocked it was saying nobody else in the world could do this. Yeah. I am absolutely positive that people listening are going to be taking a lot away from this. So I really appreciate this. It's, it's part of giving back to the lifestyle. And I appreciate that about both of you. Um, where can people find more information about you? Um, our, most of what we do and write is on our Twitter uh, feed. So just at Real Cuckolding. That's that's where most of our online presence is. Other than the times you've graciously posted things that, that Dee's written. Other than that, that's where you'll find us. <laughs> yes, I will also put in the show notes a link to uh, Dee's article that she wrote for v the Venus Cuckoldress blog called Humiliation. So for anybody who wants to have a read of that, it's wonderful and share it with all the women out there because it's really great. So thank you guys so much for joining me on the show today. And I hope to have you back again sometime. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you so this much. This was fun. All right, that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you go to venuscucklegist.com. That's where you can subscribe to the podcast. Get lots of information about Pillow Talk events. And you can also submit a question for the show. And make sure you follow me on Twitter. I'm there all the time. My handle is at V. And if you want to check out venusconnections.com to learn some information about dating, matchmaking in this amazing lifestyle, that's venusconnections.com. All right, that's it for today. We'll see you next time.
Can you believe it's been four years since I first started this podcast? And looking back, I had no idea that this would be my full-time job. I love the work that I do. And it's because of you, the listeners, and your support that I'm able to do this. So right now, if you join the Helpful Cuck tier, you get tons of benefits. My favorite ones are the private one-to-one chat every month. You also get access to my private Snapchat group. Weekly live hangouts with me on Crowdcast. I love those. And you get juicy bonus episodes. There's key holding. There's video replays of the Pillow Talk events. And there's also access to my private community on the Moan app. So join right now. You can use the promo code CUCKLOVE2024 for 15% off your Helpful Cuck membership at venuscuckoldress.com.